Welcome to Look What She Built, where we show you examples of what an iconic woman leader looks like. I'm your host, Jamie Rowe, and I'm so excited to have you here. I created Look What She Built because I want to celebrate the bold, the brave, and badass women who are doing business in their own way. In this podcast, we're going to interview and celebrate these women business owners, as well as bring on experts that can help us dive deep on topics like sales, self-care, money mindset, and more. So let's dive in and show the world what an iconic woman looks like. Hello, everyone. This is Jamie Rowe from Look What She Built podcast. And today... I have Jason Hopkins with me, and we're going to do something a little bit different. We have a different format, right, Jason? What are we doing? Absolutely, today? we're we're here for something different. Something completely different. This is going to be new and different. So if you've heard the podcast before, I'm usually interviewing someone. Either it's an expert, it's someone who has built a business over a million dollars, and this time the tables are turned, and Mr. Jason Hopkins is going to be interviewing me. So thank you, Jason, for offering to do this. The pleasure's mine and no pressure. There's never any pressure for a podcast, right? <laughs> no, there's none. I'm happy to be here and glad that we can have the conversation. Awesome. Okay, let's do this. Yeah, so, um, you know, the tables are turned today. We are going to do something different for your podcast here. Um, and I thought we would start by um, introducing who you are for the, the folks that work with you and that know you. Um, they obviously have some background about you, but there are people out there that may not know things about you that I think we can cover today um, in a really compelling way in your words and your voice and just ready to have the conversation. So, you know, jumping in, Jamie's a strategic alignment coach that specializes in supporting entrepreneurs and business owners who desire freedom from their limiting beliefs. Jamie's practical approach combines business strategy coaching that's designed to evaluate and propel your business towards the results you desire. Her innate abilities equip you with proven sales strategies and connect you to necessary resources, which support the growth and expansion of your business. She's ready to partner with you in your journey to success, mind, body, and soul. Um, so what that means, I just, for full disclosure, I think we should um, give a little backstory here. You and I have worked together professionally. And um, in doing so, I was always in awe of the resources that you brought to the table, the skills you possess, um, and, and frankly, always gave me the confidence to take the next right step in my own journey. So um, if there's anybody that's listening today that needs just an incredible business coach, Jamie's your chick. So um, thanks, Jason. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I, I mean that. Yeah. So to jump in here, Jamie. What was your calling um, that led you to start Impact to Income? Hmm. That's a good question. I think as entrepreneurs, um, we get a lot of different callings. Right. I mean, and I think that you and I have talked about this too, is those, you have 50 ideas in the shower before you even start your day. And um, in, I've owned six different, started six different businesses. Um, and then this particular one I started because I saw an opportunity where when we're looking at sales and sales training, I never saw a training that was really a good fit for me. So I originally, one of my businesses was I was a pet photographer okay. and I hated sales. I mean, I think hate wasn't as nice of a word. It's not, it's not, not nice of a word. What's, what am I looking for here? I despise sales in every way possible. 
Um, and I thought if I was just really good at what I did, then, you know, obviously that I will just, people will come to me and it didn't work. Um, people, some did come to me, but a lot of them, um, it wasn't growing as quickly as I wanted to grow my business. It was right. just too slow. And so um, I was like, you know what? <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Where I thought how I'm a smart person. Why can't I figure out sales? What is wrong with me? And I thought for sure, like I was broken. And I thought all the people that are good at sales were the used car salesmen, the um, aggressive, manipulative, pushy, you know, just gross, icky people, like they're good at sales. So if um, I want to be good at sales, I need to be like a gross, icky, slimy used car salesman. Right. And, and I found out that I said, you know what, there's got to be a better way. And so I started to do a lot of research on, um, you know, the art of receiving, the art of giving, um, balancing masculine and feminine energy, emotional um, intelligence with sales. I mean, all these pieces started doing all this research and found out that really there is a better way to do sales, a okay. more authentic way to do sales. And so I went in that direction. I said, so, you know, yes. I know you're going to ask a question. So go ahead. Well, yeah. So what I'm hearing from you, because I'm really fascinated how you go from I hate sales into let me do all this research and turn it into something that has literally made you a sales and strategy powerhouse. Mm -hmm. um, like that, that is the cornerstone of your business. So my next question was, was this calling for you easy or difficult? And it sounds like it may be a mix of both, but I'd love to hear in your words, Extremely. how did that transition happen? Yeah. So the transition was, I wouldn't say that it was fast. I said it was slow Okay. because of all the research that I did. So um, I myself have struggled with um, social anxiety. Um, I'm the person before I walk into a social event, especially in my teenage years and in my twenties is having a panic attack in the car, not being able to breathe. Your heartbeat is so loud. You can hear it in your ears, your head, you feel like you're going to die. Um, I remember one, <laughs> I wanted to learn more about social anxiety. This is, wow, this is in the late nineties, early two thousands. And I was so nervous to go into Barnes and Noble to buy the book about social anxiety. I had a panic attack in my car, in the parking lot, never walked in because I knew if I wanted to buy the book, I had to actually talk to someone and pay for it. I so mean, not I only did Amazon. you have a a mental reaction and block about sales. You had a physical reaction in your body. Yes, I would. Wow. I would um, show up to sales calls, and um, you know, I always, I, I tell this story about you know sitting across from the CEO of this IT company at this big conference table, and I had all my proposals printed, my, you know, you know, everything ready to go. I had a panic attack in the car, so I had to like recompose myself. I always brought makeup and deodorant in my car and an extra shirt. Cause I would okay. sweat so much on the way there. Okay. And so, um, and then walking in and as I'm walking in my throat's like closing up, literally closing up. My hands are like clammy wet. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not ready to shake your hand, sir. No. <laughs> Sometimes people should be like, did she just come from the bathroom and not dry her hands? Like I felt like such, I had to be someone I wasn't. Right. I felt like I had to be a manipulative, bad person. And I had so much cognitive dissonance around it. I just didn't connect in with it. 
And so I hated sales so much. So it was that process, but it was a process of working with coaches. I hired coaches who were um, in theater and, um, and speaking, and they helped me express myself and also to bring down a way to drop in and really find my center and how to ground myself through breath, through meditation and through thought before I would go meet someone. So you literally approached this head on and recognize that, hey, what I'm doing is not working and is not getting me where I need to go. And, and it sounds like in your process, you started unearthing or uncovering, you know, what were the people, the places, the things that you needed to align yourself with to really move this in a different direction. Yeah. Um, if, if you had to look back on that time, because that's really powerful stuff. And I think there are a lot of people that are going to resonate with that fear, maybe not to the point of having panic attacks, but really being so out of our skin in the moment that we feel paralyzed from being able to take that next right step. Um, what do you think were the most, the most pivotal thing that you did, or, or it can be more than one thing, but what was the heart of that? If somebody's struggling to get them moving out of where they are into a new place. I think the biggest and most important pivotal shift was in my mind. Okay. It was the reframing of looking at what I was doing. So we can look at sales and say, this is manipulative. This is awful. This is icky. This is taking advantage of someone. Instead, I flipped to, I am serving this person and I'm going to make a great impact. Right. One of my businesses, I remember I was so nervous to walk into this particular company. They wanted me to build out their sales training program for all their new people coming in to this um, particular company. It was a recruiting company. And I was so nervous meeting with these three partners, right. <laughs> walking into this room. And I remember thinking, okay, Jamie, let's recenter. What did your coach tell you? When And I kept thinking, if I make, right now they have no sales training program at all. And so these people would fumble for six months, 12 months, 18 months before they start getting results. If I'm able to make the sales training program with this manual, the workbook, all the exercises, this will give all of these new people, all these 20 year olds coming into this job, an opportunity to really lean into what they do best and it will help them make money faster. They can feel better about themselves. So I leaned in how I could make a difference and how I could serve. And then it wasn't about me. Right. Because I got so nervous because it was about me. It was almost like a very self-centered, narcissistic, nar excuse me, narcissistic way of looking at it. It was about me. And it's not about me. Sales isn't about you. Sales should be about serving. And so when I made that flip, the reframing of it, then it was, it just changed everything for me. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, I literally, the words that you you just mentioned, there were service, meeting a need, you know, showing up to um, to, to, to serve your client basically and, and, and meet the need that they have. And that is not about us. But what I also heard in, in your description there, which was beautiful by the way, was you took this really painful process and turned it into something quite tactical. You know, it, it no longer was this nebulous kind of, oh my gosh, I don't know what's going to happen. You were able to reframe that into something that you actually could literally take control of and see as a process that had steps. Is that accurate? Yes. Yeah, so that's exactly right. That's a good summation. So um, this is how my brain works is if I can't figure something out, I see the fire and I'm like, yeah, let's walk into that. I'll figure it out. Um, and 
which is good and bad, right? So there's some great things about just jumping in the fire, but also there's been many epic failures, epic failures with an S that I've had. Um, I'm the person, if I see an outlet, someone's like, hey, don't stick a fork in that. I'm like, you know what? I need to try this. I will stick my fork in there and be like, <laughs> everyone, a super bad idea. Don't do that. <laughs> but I'm happy to do it. That's how I learn, right? That's how I learn. And then I build, okay, here's how we don't put a fork in that outlet. And here's the reasons why. Here's the tactics, the strategy, the steps. And everyone else, now you know why and how not to stick your fork into an outlet. That's how my brain works. Right. So I appreciate you sharing with us your trial by fire journey. Um, and I'm assuming at this point in your career, you've learned some things because obviously you're helping people grow and scale their businesses. Let's go back a step. I mean, aside from the panic attacks and learning how to get really good at this tactically, um, let's talk about the failures for a minute, because I think that's the thing that, you know, we show up on podcasts like this and, and we want to, we want to be seen in our best light. And I think the reality of what, what entrepreneurs and business owners are really looking for is what is the thing that I can align myself with that I see in you that I see in myself. And often those are things we don't like about ourselves. And, and the dreaded F word failure is one of those things that none of us want to experience, but you know, I, myself in my own journey, and I, and I think for you also, failure is kind of what built me. I mean, it, it is sticking the fork in the proverbial light switch over and over again to say, hey, that's not a good way. And here's a better way to do it. Um, let's talk about what failure taught you, like some experiences that you have that the, the audience can connect with and what it taught you. There's so many, especially, well, failure or the word fail, first attempt in learning. And okay. I really lean into that statement. <laughs> that's a good one. Because I think too, that's that there are opportunities to learn. Um, of course, if anything, anything that happens, there's opportunities. So I am really good at um, big ideas, but sometimes executing them, I lose interest, get impatient, shiny object, other direction. When I had my pet photography business, I did pet tracky business. Uh, I did a few celebrities, lots of covers of magazines and things like that, and worked with a lot of charities. That was in Denver. And I thought one day I was in the shower. I'm like, you know what? This needs to go nationwide. I probably thought global for a moment, Jason, but I'm like, you know what? Today's Tuesday. We're going to go nationwide. Why not? Why not? So I start putting out all these, just like no no plan on the back end at all whatsoever just an idea i'm gonna go pop it out on facebook be like hey i'm hiring photographers and uh, i would i'm interested in people who like to work with pets blah 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 and i did that in chicago because i'm originally from illinois right um and i've i've lived in chicago and then also in denver and I got all these people interested. So I got all these photographers and I'm like, and they're like, well, how's this going to work? I'm like, I will get you all the leads. No problem. No problem. In this, in Denver and this new market in Chicago. Uh-huh. Sure. And I'm going to come out and train y'all and I'll give you binders and all this stuff. So I literally got probably six people in Chicago and I probably, I had less than 10 here and I really honed in just on a few of them. Right. And I trained them. I went, flew to Chicago. We did this photo sessions, blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, and I'm, they're like, what's next steps? I'm like, I'll start sending you some leads. Um, I would you like to do anything to cultivate leads. Were you? I had no plan. 
<laughs> nothing. Like I had no anything in the bag. I just thought, you know what? This was in my phase of if I'm good at something, they'll find me. That's a nice idea. That's not so great yeah. with execution. Nice idea. So I remember them calling an email me like, hey, we're ready to go. If you have any leads, you know, whatever. And I was just like, yeah, I'm working on it. I don't, I don't even remember what I did, but, but in essence is that I just, it was a total epic failure. And at the end, I never got a single lead for anyone in Chicago. I got maybe five or six for one person here in Denver. And it was just a, a total flop. I did not do my homework. I did not do the work. I, um, I just had an idea and I did not execute it well. So I love your let's go attitude. I mean, I think that's part of what makes you so dynamic um, and, and really just kind of a firecracker in, in who you are and how you show up in the world. I just wonder though, was it just a timing thing? I mean, to let's go on a Tuesday and decide to build this entire team out without all of the pieces to it. I mean, I'm not so sure that that model wouldn't have worked over time. Of course it would, but I would have lost interest by then. Right. So I think that's a good question. What are the things that you do that help you stay engaged? I mean, I know you're really invested in, in sales training and strategy and really working with entrepreneurs and business owners. How do you keep your passion for doing this work? I know I want to get into the masculine and feminine work that you do in just a minute, but what keeps you dialed in? Two things, relationships with people and the results I see the impact basically. Okay. So there's always days in the business where you wake up and you're like, what am I doing? Like, am I really making a difference? Like, is this just a waste of time? Am I helping anyone? Right. When I have those days, there is always a phone call I have on a one-on-one -on -one client where they're like, Jamie, I worked through my action items and I closed this person. I said no to this client because they weren't ideal, blah, blah, blah. And I see them growing their business the, in an intentional directed way through their sales, right? And building their, their, their life and their business together. That impact makes a big difference. That's number one. Number two is relationships. I, I know a lot of people don't believe this, but I am more introverted than extroverted. I play a great extrovert on TV. I'm actually an ambivert, but I lean towards introversion. Same. Right. I think so too. And, um, I, I need a lot of downtime, by the way, anyone who's an ambivert or introvert, you need your downtime. So, so I am fascinated by human beings. Absolutely fascinated. They are beautiful puzzles and pieces, um, to a fault. I find the light in everyone always. And, um, having relationships with people like you, Jason, with Ron, with, with my other peeps, is seeing what their impact is and connecting in with them of what, how I'm serving them, how they're serving me in that relationship of that ongoing, we're all raising the boats as like I said the other day, right. that, that also keeps me going. So it's the impact in the, the relationships with people. Yeah, I think that's really, really beautiful. I mean, the words that come to mind for that are aligned and intentional. Mm -hmm. And this concept of you are not alone, we've talked about a lot in this entrepreneur and business owner space. And I think that that's the thing that so resonates with me. And I know you, you and I have talked about this on multiple occasions. I, I think a, as humans, we tend to think that we have to do it all ourselves or have all the answers or have it all figured out. And the reality is, is sometimes all you have to have is a little part, 
figured out and and the energy and the passion and the interest to go the next step, which I'll um, say commitment and consistency are the words that I would use. And that can make all the difference in recognizing you're not alone. Yeah, I get that. And I, and, and also is I love that analogy of the imagery of a staircase, you know, especially when you're starting a new business. And I work with a lot of people who are just kind of getting the ball started with a big idea and also people who are well-established, but that very beginning is, is you, it's okay to only see the next step, right? You don't need to see the whole staircase right now. You know, depending on certain personalities, they want to see the whole staircase, but seeing just that one step forward is going to propel you forward because you're moving forward. You know, the thing that I often do with clients who want to see the whole staircase, I will go and ask them, how many times has the outcome that you've sought actually worked out exactly the way you imagined? And resoundingly, the answer is never. Things never work out exactly, precisely the way that we imagine them. And I think once you're, once you're equipped with that knowledge, it's really easy to recognize that there are things that you may not see in the journey or the process that could be far better than, for you than anything that you've imagined for yourself. And that to me is the fluidity of, of doing this dance as an entrepreneur or a business owner. You know, I know you use different language around that, like the work that you um, have been doing with, with blending masculine and feminine energies and in, in, in business, there are definitely roles where those play. Talk me through what that construct is. When we're talking about balancing masculine and feminine energy yeah. sales process. Yeah, that's a great question. And recognizing that all humans have the capacity and, and the wherewithal to serve in both roles. Well, I think too, let's start with one thing that a lot of people say, well, Jamie, well, I'm a, I'm a dude, so I'm always going to be my masculine presence or, or I'm a woman, so I'm in my feminine radiance. Just to be clear, this isn't about gender. Right. So we all have an opportunity to be balanced with our masculine presence and our feminine radiance. And when we're out of alignment with that, or we have wounds in that area, that's where we get tripped up, especially in life, in sales calls, in just about anything. And so when we're talking about some of the things I see most often when things are out of balance is if you're, say you like to anyone overgive in a sales call, right? When you're overgiving, um, that's a wounded masculine. The masculine is the art of giving, right? Is the art of receiving. And so we want to have a nice, beautiful balance because think about other times where maybe you've discounted in a sales call before someone even asks. Right. I actually- Even ask you for a discount. <laughs> someone, and I, and I love this lady pieces, just met her. But on this Sunday, Jason, after we had brunch, I walked into a little shop and um, I saw this Buddha head and I was like, oh, I need that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a resting Buddha head. It was so gorgeous. They had a white one and a black one. I'm like, all right, I have this white wall in the back. I'm going to do a black one. So it's like that beautiful contrast. And I flipped it over and she walked over the loveliest lady and it said $33. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, how much is it? And she, and I flipped, I saw it and she goes, oh, um, uh, but for you, $30 is fine. Wow. I happily would have paid 60 bucks for it. Like, right. I'm like, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So we do it all the time. I see it all the time. I, I you know, a good, a friend of mine was going to send a proposal to someone and it was for um, $1,500. And right before she sent it, she was, Jamie, I just quickly opened the proposal and changed it to a thousand and then sent it. Oh, that's interesting. You know, and they said yes, right? Of course they said yes. And it was like a, within 10 minutes. 
And then you'll be resentful later because you could have charged 1500, they would have paid it and you have nobody to blame but yourself, right? Boom. Yeah. Right. And so that, that's that story of anger, right. Turns into resentment. And then we start disliking the clients we work with. We start disliking the sales process because we don't ever feel like we're winning. Right. And we start spinning out of control. So when we discount, that's a wound uh, of the feminine. So it's, it's, it's taking a look at how we show up to a sales call, how we show up balanced with our masculine, with our feminine, so that we can truly be centered and aligned with who we authentically are. We come as a whole person instead of coming with our, just our heavily wounded masculine, which right. is really aggressive, forceful. We, and also we come as our balance with our feminine too. So how does somebody tap into those energies, feminine or masculine or both? Two quick ways to do it. One is to tap into your masculine presence is ground yourself. Okay. Meditate, sit in stillness, drop into who you are. Um, right before a sales call, if you like before this, I just, I dropped into my masculine presence. I just sat for a moment, just in silence, both feet on the ground. So I was grounded. Um, I had a little citrine in my hand and I just dropped in, in terms of what I want the message that's going to be conveyed out to who's going to be speaking with listening to this today and hoping that they get what they need out of this today to help them move forward and to inspire them. So taking just that moment. So that's the masculine presence. Feminine radiance, one easy, fun thing to do. And some people look at me like I'm crazy, but this is my favorite, favorite thing to do. I have not done it today yet, um, but it's dance breaks. I knew you were going to say dance. (laughs) Of course, Jason. So I have a little speaker. It's upstairs right now in my iPad and it is always ready to go. Now, my mom is a music teacher. Um, she has her PhD in education, very smart lady. And she can see music in color. And I don't remember the name, something sense of someone send me a message on what that means. It's a, a, it's a beautiful gift. So my life was when I grew up, my mom had an old record player and our house was like a shotgun house. It was a straight house. We had kitchen, dining room, living room, and then the music room, which had a baby grand. And now we had no money growing up. I don't know how my mom, I think she got as a gift from her mom. We had a baby grand in the front. And then in the dining room, my mom had this old record player and literally 24 seven, except at night, my mom always went to bed early. We had on a record of Bach, Mozart, um, you know, you name it, Chopin, like whoever. All of our cats were named after composers. Um, I had Beethoven, he was my favorite white cat. You know, I mean, like my life is was about music and forever for a long time, I didn't embrace that, I actually disliked it. I, I played the piano, but it's hard to learn how to play the piano when you're playing on the baby grand and from the kitchen you yell, that's a B sharp, not a B flat. I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> So music has a way to invoke, to help us drop into our body. The masculine is about the mind, right? So that's, you know, we're well rewarded in our society for masculine types of activities, but the feminine is listening to your body. And a great way to do that is by movement. Yeah, I love it. It makes sense. Yeah. So if you're nervous before a sales call or you just need to like bump up your vibe, like sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I was up late last night. (laughs) I'm so tired. Pop on some Eminem, pop on doja cat like whatever you want and just for three minutes just complete rock out dance like no one's watching but always text 
an email like a litigator sitting next to you. Otherwise, though, <laughs> that. but I lock my back door. So in case my daughter comes in, you know, but she doesn't care. She dances with me now. So it's not a big deal. But I used to do that and just drop into your body and feel what that feels like. It reduces rigidity, tension uh, and all those pieces. And it helps you show up how you want to show up has your authentic self in a sales call in life. I love that. And that feels like the perfect tee up for us to talk about this new opportunity we're working on together, the high wired Mm -hmm. life and business and balance. Mm -hmm. Um, We've just talked about the balance of masculine and feminine energies and the importance of that for the people that are listening. Tell me your perspective on the high wired and why, why this is important at this time for you to be invested in and engaged in and bring it to the world. Well, I wish I had a group like the high wired when I started any of those businesses. I was um, thinking I could always do it myself. And um, I'm still picturing you with the fork at the light switch, by the way, or the, the light plug. Yeah, that's probably a daily thing that I do where I'm like, what, why did I do that? Has anyone ever like made a business decision and then just like, what was I thinking? Everyone. It was a good idea. Everyone. It was a good idea at the time. Yeah. If you've been in business long enough to start a business, you know, there are days where you're just like, why did I decide to do that? I love the high wired for so, so many reasons. One big one is that it's an invitation. It's an invitation to accept something that could be pivotally transformative in your life and your business. Cause it's not just about business. I've been in masterminds for just your business and they're great. They right. are fantastic. What I love about this is that it is different that it's more about building an intentional business and an intentional life, especially with having someone like you on the team, Jason, because even today I was just like, Jason, I got something for you. Having breakthroughs around self-limiting beliefs is probably one of the most important, I want to say events. It's probably one of the most important pieces to moving your business forward, to supercharging it and building the life that you want to have. I want to be more intentional there. I actually think it's everything. I think the, the space you show up in is the energy you bring to your life, to your business, to your relationships, to everything you do. And as business owners, we show up with these uh, incredible gifts to bring something to the world, but maybe incredibly wounded in some other area of our life. And I don't know how we have spoken this language so long that they're separate. They're not. Mm-hmm. Wherever you go, there you are. And that to me is what is so beautifully different about the intentionality of the high wired. It is this this amazing culmination of your sales and strategy and my ability to see the unseen and and help people move in a different direction and Ron's ability to really take all of that amalgamation into creating messaging that is so aligned for your client and customer to get you the results you want. Like that, and you said this a minute ago, you wish you had had that. I mean, I've been in, in several masterminds also, and they're always very focused on one thing. And, and that's wonderful, but it's not enough. And I think being really intentional about this space of let's approach this from a, from a life and business and balance perspective. Like I believe anybody who joins us has the ability to really create whatever magic they want. And I don't say that from a place of trying to sell anyone. Like I want people to show up who want to be there, but 
um, it, it's, it, it literally is the stuff dreams are made of. Mm, that sounds so magical. But it is, isn't it? It is magical. Like we, we've built this, this, this cocoon to guide people in a, in a gentle and humble way um, that really encompasses all of the pieces, not just one piece or this piece or that piece. It's all of the pieces. And like, let's say, let's put them out on the table and put your puzzle to get together in a way that, that really aligns for you and, and, and shares your gifts with the world. I just, I think it's beautiful. Well, I like your cocoon analogy. And I think we need to use that because I think that goes hand in hand too with feeling held. Well, you know, I speak in memes anyways. I mean, you know this, so. I see all your memes. <laughs> like T-shirts, coffee mugs, like we'll have a whole section to buy all that stuff. But I love the cocoon idea because aren't we all transforming in some form or another? What are we becoming? What are we becoming? And choose who we want to become. Because guess what? If we don't choose, someone's going to choose for us or external forces are going to choose for you. Well, and traditionally, masterminds in business are set up to choose who you're becoming in business. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about who are you becoming in your life and your business. That intentionality is so, um, so aligned to create whatever you want, right? No, I absolutely. That's what I'm saying. I wish I had this because here's, may I share? I mean, I wish we could join. Can I... A big failure of why I wish I had this when I'm a dispute. 100%, please do. So I, um, I had a business, it was a distribution business and I took it from zero to a million in 26 months. That sounds real fancy and wonderful, doesn't it? And I wow people in presentations and conversations like, wow, you made a million dollar business. And I shared this part to where it's relevant and makes sense. But this is the part of the epic failure of this is I took that business and I literally woke up one morning and said, I'm going to make a million dollar business. And as I always do, as I just run into the fire and my sole, sole purpose was to make that revenue dollar amount and nothing else. I didn't care about anything else. Right. I made the business quickly in the process. Well, I was in 1500 different pet stores. I had 18 different commission only sales reps. I was working 24 seven. I remember having bronchitis in bed, Kleenexes all around me, pillows. I can, I've got an inhaler next to me. I'm on the phone with sales reps, making sure shipments are going out. Right. I was in bed for a week. I ran myself so hard because I didn't care about the balance of my life. It wasn't important to me. I didn't focus on it all. I focused on building this business and that's it. Um, I probably had six to seven coffees or matcha lattes per day. I was so wired, Jason, if you would have met me, you've been like, this chick is crazy, but I was highly productive, highly productive. I got so much done. I was Johnny on the spot for everyone, for my vendors, for my customers, anyone could text me any time of the day. And I was there for them. Right. What happened was, um, I slowly, my eyes wouldn't dilate properly anymore. I wasn't sleeping. I couldn't eat. I ended up getting stage two adrenal fatigue. Okay. Um, I ended up getting diverticulitis. I ended up getting an autoimmune of my thyroid. I remember standing on my loft in my office and I was just paying all my bills for the week. And I remember just standing there 
and I was started to walk down the stairs. I'm like, I don't even know what day it is or what's happening. And I literally burst into tears and fell to my knees and thought, this is the unhappiest I've ever been. Wow. But I've got a million dollar business. Yeah. You had achieved what you set out to achieve. Right. But I was sliding into home with worn, torn, scarred clothes. And well, you left you out of the equation. I left me out of the equation. Right. Right. And so if I would have had a group of people, Hey, Jamie, did you take care of yourself this week? Jamie, are you drinking water? Did you even eat today? I would go all day and not eat. And I would just do coffees and matcha lattes all day long. They knew me at Starbucks. I spent so much money at Starbucks down the street. It was a joke. Um, matcha latte, Jamie. I was so sick. I was really, really sick. Um, and so that was a total, uh, it was an epic success on the outside and a complete epic failure. Um, on and as we, as we talked yesterday, I mean, I, I've lived a, a similar life from that place. And I know you and I are not the only ones um, who have stories like that. I mean, I think the, the beautiful thing is we're willing to show up and be vulnerable to share that. But I mean, from there to really show up for you and to guide you to creating whatever life you want. You're not going to get one without the other. If you don't put you in the equation in the center of your business, you will fail. Mm -hmm. And you may not fail the way that you and I did. You may fail in a very different way, but it could be equally painful and it could have equally catastrophic outcomes. And frankly, we don't have to do it that way. It doesn't have to be this hard. It doesn't have to be this hard. That's actually one of my three quotes I have in my son every morning. It doesn't have to be this hard. Right. It doesn't have to be this hard and it can come with ease and because of all of our epic failures learn from us right, right. but you know frankly i want to learn from the people who have been in the fire yeah like if everything's come easy to you like you're you're going to sell me some fluffy clouds that literally don't resonate with who i am or what i want i, I don't think the high wired is for everybody i do think it it is for somebody who is interested in intentional living that has done some work that has had staggering results high and low and everything in between and realizes that there's something missing that there's more to gain there's more to glean and and there's an opportunity to connect with other people who are going to meet you right where you are to do this journey with you like that to me is powerful stuff mm. Yes. Yes, please. Sign me up. Can I sign up, Jason? No, you have to lead it with me. <laughs> we're going to do this. We're going to rock this out and we're going to learn so much good stuff. And then we're like going to do this even, even better. So I, um, I have loved our time today. I, I hope that I held space for you to share the story that you wanted to share. As we wrap it up, um, how can people find you? Well, you can find me at impactincomeprogram.com. You can also find me on Instagram. I do some pretty funny reels. You do. Fact, underscore two underscore underscore income. I'll also put that in the show notes um, and at the high wired. So I would love to hear from you. Even if you share a little bit, you hear what my story was today and you want to share like, hey, that happened to me too, or that was crazy. Um, or talk about adrenal fatigue. I'm here for you. We're in it together. Yes, in it together. Wait. Yeah. So let's wrap up with just a couple of random things in a speed round. Um, what is something most people don't know about you? Um, that I used to be a biathlete. Well, that's not surprising. No, that's not, is it? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I used I mean, to. I would look at you and think you still are. Oh, thank you. You're so nice. I used to own a one eyed guinea pig named Surprise. <laughs> Sweet surprise. 
<laughs> sweet, sweet surprise. That could be a great podcast name. <laughs> sweet surprise. Sweet surprise the one-eyed guinea pig? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk later, Jason, because <laughs> you sent me the podcast name thing this morning. Okay. All right. We're back. Yeah. And uh, what is your greatest hope for the world? Uh, sorry, there's a lot of empty space here right now. That people find... their purpose. I know that sounds very simple, but this comes across in a lot of my one-to-ones where people, I think, feel really lost right? because they're taking into account what other people should tell them what to do and all these external other factors. And they're not really leaning into what they're supposed to do here. And I know when I look at incarnation crosses on human design, if anyone knows human design, you know what I mean? If not, send me an email, um, is that is finding out really what you're supposed to do here because when it comes down to it, all of your struggles, all of the pain, all of the challenges, all of the wonderful successes, everything is for a purpose and it is for what you're supposed to do here. So if everyone knew what their purpose was on this world, this would be a very different place. Wow, what a beautiful place that would be. And on that note, we wrap this up. I'm so grateful for our time together. Thank you for holding space with me. Um, and continue sharing your beautiful light with the world. Awesome. Thank you, Jason. Thank you for holding space for me. And thank you, everyone. Thank uh, you, guys. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to this conversation. I'm Jamie Rowe with Look What She Built, the one and only podcast that celebrates the brave, bold and badass women who are doing business their way and telling us about it. Until next time, go show the world what an iconic woman looks like. Please share this with three women because we all need to share positive messages in the world. And if you want to learn more, please connect with me on social at impact to income.